Thank you for your goodness and your love. And Lord, the different ways that we have seen that manifest as given in testimonies tonight. And Lord, just your blessings upon our lives. And Lord, we also want to be thankful for the things that we have not seen. And Lord, the things that we're just not aware of, but we still know that you are working. We thank you for the freedoms that you have still given us as Americans and that we can take advantage of to get the gospel out. We thank you, Lord, that you are providing and answering prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter 5, and um, we've been doing lists and progressions in the Bible here on Sunday nights, and, and uh, we have maybe one or two more. Uh, to uh, try to cover, but uh, we we get to chapter 5 of the book of 1 Thessalonians, and Paul is just closing out uh, the book here, and he's explaining to them to be looking for the second coming. In verse 2, he says that the day of the Lord cometh as a thief in the night, And uh, verse 6, he says, listen, let's not sleep as others do, but to be sober and to watch. Verse 9, for God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. And start reading in verse 10, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men, See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes into the salutation. Uh, I've counted 16 different commands from verse 11 to the end. We're going to try to hit them all tonight, so fasten your seatbelts. But before we get into these, I want to uh, uh, just give a few points. You know, Paul really uh, didn't do something like this very often. I mean, he he gave commands to different places. You read in the Church of Corinth, he would spend chapters dealing with one subject, trying to help them understand here, it seems like every good thing he's ever said is all crammed into one thing. And I actually found something good in a commentary. He said, the reason why this list is here is because 
Paul didn't have to spend a lot of time dealing with huge problems. Things in the Thessalonican church were going pretty much the way they should be. And so Paul was just giving a list here, uh, we might say a checklist, to keep things right in the church. You know, you don't always have to have a crisis to uh, solve a problem. Uh, Paul says, listen, let's, let's take care of some things. And verse 11 seems to bear that out. It says, wherefore, comfort yourselves together. Now, we, we live in a world that you could, uh, you just have a lot to worry about if you want to. I mean, the, this whole issue in the Ukraine, I hope you're praying for what's going on over there. Uh, it, is, uh, it is literally a tinderbox that could put the world at war again. Uh, it, it's a very dangerous situation. Uh, how many of you know, I believe today was the day for the gay pride parade in Jackson Heights and several other things like that. Uh, usually the first Sunday of June is set aside for that. And, and I'll tell you, it just grieves my spirit to even think that those things go on, but they do, and, and they're accepted and, and, uh, and even uh, uh, expounded as something that is good. And uh, again, it's just a sign of how far our society has degenerated. And the Bible says that because of all these things that are happening, the Lord is coming back. Uh, read those pa- that first part there. Is not, uh, it says, um, just first uh, 3, For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them. Uh, you know, I get a little worried. I was talking to the men in prayer meeting this morning. The mayor is talking about having no traffic accidents in New York City, traffic fatalities in New York City. And I believe our city council passed 17 pieces of legislation this week to that end. And uh, that always scares me because the Bible says when they say peace and safety, get ready. Uh, Because it's coming. When when they really talk about everything the way it should. Um, Of course, Neville Chamberlain's favorite word, we have peace in our time. And uh, just uh, less than a year later, we were plunged into one of the darkest hours of all human history. The Bible says we're to comfort ourselves together. Uh, How many of you know Neville Chamberlain? That was with the peace treaty with Adolf Hitler before World War II, just in case you didn't get the reference there. But... We're to comfort ourselves together. How many of you enjoyed singing those songs before church uh, during the beginning of our service? And, and uh, I, I enjoy getting my saxophone out and playing along. And I think I'd rather do that than sing sometimes. I can certainly make more noise with it than I can with my voice. Not that I'm very quiet, but uh, I just enjoy those things. Though, hey, it says comfort yourselves together. There is comfort in the assembly of believers. We don't have to worry about all the things that the world worries about. And it says, edify, number two, in in verse 11 here, 
says, and edify one another, even as also ye do. Now, the word edify means to build, to encourage. And uh, we, we need to be careful how we do that. Um, but the Bible says that we're to build up one another. One of the greatest ways that we can edify, we can build one another up, is just continually being together. How many of you could think of someone who used to be here on Sunday night that maybe isn't here, or Sunday morning? Uh, there, there's just a little missing spot there. You know what we need to do? Not go out and grab him by the scruff of the neck and drag him in, or, Preacher talked about you on Sunday night, you better show up. No, that's not what it's talking about. What it's saying is, that we need to encourage one another. Don't you be the one that's missing. Don't you be the one that's not in your spot. Amen? And as also you do, that was the habit in the Thessalonican church. And by the way, that's the habit at Open Door Bible Baptist Church. Uh, you want to be used in the service. You want to be used in, in different places and, and serving in the church. You know what the first requirement is? Show up. Uh, we're not going to go chase you down. We're not going to give you a responsibility so that you will feel the weight of, of membership and show up. We don't give you the weight of membership until after you show up. Why? Because we want to edify one another not give you too much to do so you flunk out. Amen? Uh, the Bible says that we're to comfort yourselves together, edify one another even as all you do. Now, verse 12 and 13, it, it talks about the preacher. It says, We beseech you, brethren, we beg you to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. So, the, uh, Paul says, Listen, you need to know them that labor among you, that are over you in the Lord, that admonish you. That sounds like being a preacher to me. How about you, Brother Mike? Uh, that is the job. It says you're to know them. How do you know people? Talk to them. Amen? And be there, be around them. It says know them and esteem them them very highly for love's sake, um, in love for their work's sake. Let me read that carefully. Now, I'll be honest with you, it's hard for me to preach on verses like this because it says, esteem the pastor highly uh, in love for their work's sake. But let me just explain what it's talking about. If you want a good pastor... The Bible says respect them. Esteem them highly. How? In love. Why? For the work's sake. You know what? Make it easy for your pastor to be your pastor. Uh, that's what that verse says. And if you will do that, guess what? You'll find out that there is a relationship there and God will have more freedom to do the work 
that needs to be done in your life and in the church as well. And the next one is added in there, but it's really connected all the way around to this thing. It says, and be at peace among yourselves. You know, one of the hardest things is when uh, one member will do something or say something and get offended at another member and it doesn't get solved. You know what the first response to do is take it and hide it. Well, what happens when you hide offense and problems? It just grows. It's like a cancer. It's like a boil. It's an infection. It's going to get worse. How You've got to get it out. And I've had people come up and say, well, Pastor, I didn't want to bother you. Oh, wait a minute. No, no, no. Uh, bother me. Please. Uh, let's get this thing solved now. Because the longer we wait, guess what? The worse the problem's going to be. And the these first little uh, a set of things here is we're to comfort ourselves together, edify one another, build one another. You know, most people that are doing something wrong don't need you to tell them they're doing something wrong. Have you ever noticed that? You know, I, I always loved it when I was working in the garage at the church. Someone would come out and say, Oh, wow! Yeah, something's wrong here. And, and yeah, that's why the bus is in the garage, is because something's wrong. Uh, do you know what it is? And they would go on, and oftentimes they would try to diagnose the problem. And the thing is, I'd already been to Bob Folger, and uh, we had figured out what the problem was. You know, very rarely do we have problems knowing what the problem is. You know where we have problems? Fixing it. That's where the problem is. And so if you want to get on your coveralls and get all greasy and dirty, hey, you know, I'll tell you what to do and we'll get the job done. But if you're just into problem control, guess what? Not needed in the Church of Christ. Now, just really not an office that needs to be filled and, and that's why this verse is in there. It says here that we're to work together here and, and part of the job of the believers, it wasn't that it was a problem in the Thessalonican church. But let me just give you human nature. You know what? It doesn't take very much of a human being to make a mistake now, does it? Are, are pastors human beings? Will, will they make mistakes? Uh, yeah. Well, how do we solve that? Well, the Bible says if we'll esteem them highly in love, what does love do? It covers a multitude of sins. And... We work together and we have peace among ourselves. Why? Because if we don't, our church won't continue as it is. And the church at Thessalonica, it wasn't that they had some huge problem. Otherwise, Paul would have had to expend a lot of time on this. He's saying, now listen, this is just a checklist. 
Hey, when you come together, are you comforting one another? Are you edifying one another? If not, hey, it's time to stop. Let's get this thing straightened out. Uh, do you have an attitude here uh, toward the preacher or toward you know somebody that's serving in the church? Hey, let's get this thing solved. Let's get it taken care of. Is there somebody you don't have peace with? As you come in the church, do you see someone, you say, hey, I'm going to just uh, sit on the other side this time. Whoa, wait a minute. Again, this morning, as we dealt with that, by grace is sufficient, that ought not be a crisis-only verse. That ought to be a verse for daily living. And, and these verses ought to be verses for daily living. It says, now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. You know what? People are going to do wrong things. And the Bible says that we're to help people do right. And this is talking about unruly in the church. And it's uh, the uh, thing is, you see somebody who's a member of our church, a fellow member, and they're doing something wrong. Can you walk up to them in the spirit of love and say, Hey, can I help you do right? If you're not capable of doing that, or if you think you're going to do it the wrong way, there's not a problem with saying, Hey, Pastor, we've got a problem here. This is I remember one time we had a person who was actually a member of our church, and someone said... Um, Maybe even been Brother Franz said, Hey, you know, I saw so-and-so walking down the street with a can of beer in their hand. And I said, Whoa, wait a minute. And so I went and talked to them. You know what? They never showed up at church again. You know what they were saying? That beer is more important than this book. Are we happy that they didn't show up? No. But... If that's what's in their heart, they don't belong here. They're not going to be a part of what is going on. And uh, was that you, Brother Franz? You, no, it wasn't you. Okay. Uh, it was somebody, and I, I found out that the can of beer wasn't the only thing that they didn't like about our church. I mean, the list was long. They said, why are you even showing up? You, you don't like anything that goes on here. And I said, listen, if you're going to be a member of the church, we just can't have this going on. He said, well, I'm not going to be a member of the church anymore. See you later. Didn't say it in those words, but certainly just disappeared off the face of the earth. Hey, this is not an inclusive club. I mean, an inclusive gathering. We're not just looking for bodies to fill the pews. We want people to be here because of their own free will and their own heart choice to be obedient to the Word of God. Uh, do we all need encouragement to obey the Word of God? Oh, yeah. Oh, that goes back to verse 1. Comfort yourselves together. That's how we are encouraged and edified to do the things that we should. It says, warn them that are unruly. It's not letting things go. Comfort the feeble-minded. Do we need to spend a lot of time on that? I mean, there's just some people that don't get it all. Don't, don't make them feel like they should. 
just comfort them. Amen? And support the weak. Now, here's the tough one. Be patient toward all men. Now, that is one of those things. I mean, we could spend the whole night on being patient toward all men, could we not? And we all love when people are patient toward us, but when was the last time you were patient toward someone else? Uh, When was the last time you gave someone else the benefit of the doubt that you would like to have if you were on the other side? Stop and think about that before you say something. Patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man. Does that include when you're driving on the Grand Central Parkway? Yeah. Does that include when you're trying to get on the subway and somebody steps on your foot and pushes you out of the way so they can get into the car first? Yeah. It it says, render, see that you not, see that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good both among yourselves and to all men. You know, I remember Hartland one year, a man was preaching, and, and he was, it was graduation week, and he just made a statement that's been in my mind ever since he made it. He said, young, young men talking to people in the, uh, preparing for the ministry, he said, students, he said, always step toward ministry. Never step away from it. And what, where he got that from is right here. Follow that which is good. Always make sure that it's a move toward good. You should never. Uh, our president one time said, and I don't want to get caught up too much here, but he said, we're going to have to suspend uh, the rules of capitalism to save capitalism. Lie. Dumb. It doesn't work that way. You don't suspend being good to be good. Always move toward what is good. The Bible says that it's not our job to seek revenge or to pay back, but to follow that which is good. In the church, everywhere you go. What? Solve a lot of problems at work if you just follow that which is good. Amen? It'll solve a lot of problems with people. This next one is connected. Rejoice evermore. You know, God is always doing something. That's one of the reasons why I like to have our testimony time on Sunday night, is we just need to be reminded. There will be times in your life where it seems like nothing is going right and everything is against you. Wait a minute. God's still doing something good. You rejoice. Rejoice if you have to borrow someone else's blessing. Say, praise God for what you did there. 
Praise God that things are still going. Rejoice evermore. That means you never stop. There will always be something to rejoice in God about. Say, well, I can, can always thank God for my salvation. I hope you never get there. That you would just have to, okay, well, thank you, God, for saving me. That ought to be the top of your list every day. Amen? And the Bible says that if we'll get our eyes on what God's doing instead of what we're doing, it'll keep you out of trouble. Amen? That, again, this is a checklist. It says, pray without ceasing. Now, I've had people say, well, that's not possible. You can't be on your knees 24 hours a day with your eyes closed. It would be very dangerous to ride the subway that way or try to drive. <clears throat> if you've got that big of a problem, sign up for counseling. You're going to need it. Amen? Um, I've been the pastor of this church for almost 22 years without ceasing. Does that mean every moment, 24 hours a day, I'm the pastor of the church? Well, kind of. But, I mean, there are times I do other things. It's continuing to keep my prayer relationship with God where it ought to be. And I don't know about you, but that will be one of the greatest struggles in your life. It's just to keep praying the way you ought to. And for the things that you ought to pray for. But God does expect you to be a good employee at work. That means you got to do what you're supposed to do at work. Amen? Uh, that means when you're driving down the road. I mean, I pray when I drive a lot of times. Why? Because... Uh, I want to get back there to render no, see none render evil for evil unto any man. I, I mean, I want to get control of that urge and, and, and to support the weak and to be patient. Verse 18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We could spend the whole night right there. You find yourself in a situation where you're not thankful, you're in trouble. A church forgets to be thankful. Guess what? That church is in trouble. Quench not the Spirit. I think that's a whole lot easier done than we think it is. And by the way, don't allow yourself to jump into the realm of the metaphysical where... Well, I just felt like the Spirit wanted me to... Oh, wait a minute. Before you start taking care of the things that you kind of feel that are out there, why don't you take care of the things that are written down and you'll find out that you'll have more things to take care of than you would like to think that you have to take care of. Did I, I think I said that right, didn't I? Um, quench not the Spirit. You know what the Spirit wants to do? What's the job of the Holy Spirit? Help you understand the Word of God. Right? Let's ask God to help us live it. And how many times, don't answer this question, do you feel like just cutting the corner 
You know what the Bible says. You know how the Bible says we ought to do something, but it's just... Lord, you just don't understand the time constraint. Well, wait a minute. That's quenching the Spirit right there. It's doing what the Bible says just because it says so. Always. Always. Despise not prophesying. Now, a lot of people talk about uh, in this day and time, there were men that would give prophecies and try to foretell future events, and that's recorded in the book of Acts. But the word prophecy simply means preaching. Prophecy had twofold. It was the foretelling of future events, yet if you will study even most of the foretelling of future events, they were based on the foretelling of the truth in God's Word. Uh, the promises of the Messiah were, listen, you're not doing right, Israel, right now. But when the Messiah comes, he's going to make you do right. And we're still looking for those prophecies to be fulfilled. You know what? No preacher is 100% every sermon. No Sunday school teacher, Brother Franz, is 100%. Every certain, no children's church preacher is 100% every time. You know what? Give him a break. That's what this verse is talking about. You're, you're not to sit in criticism of the sermon. I, I mean, I can tell you, I've preached some lousy sermons. But they still had some great truths in them. And every preacher has done that and will do that until Jesus comes back. But if you ever find yourself sitting there going, you know, he probably should have approached that truth a different way, you're in trouble. You, the, the warning lights ought to be going off. You have violated the checklist. You are going to be in trouble. That's why the next one says, prove all things. How do I prove something? I compare it to the Word of God. What's the second half of that? Hold fast that which is good. When it agrees with the Bible, grab a hold of it. When it doesn't, throw it away. Amen? And this last one will solve a lot of problems and a lot of questions. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Just don't look like you're doing something wrong. I mean, I'll, I'll come upstairs and somebody's crying and making a fuss about something, and what am I doing? I'm looking at faces. And when I see one that's got that guilty look on it, I know who I'm looking for now, don't I? Abstain from all appearance. You know, some practical application. I have never been in a movie theater or watch a movie. You know why? Because you don't know which one I'm watching. And I have no way of proving to you which one I'm watching. And you're not going to ask for me to see my ticket, which movie I went to watch. You're going to use it to justify to go to watch the one you want to watch that you know is not right. So we don't go there. 
I think I, uh, I went into the entrance of a bar one time. I was lost in central Pennsylvania, and I knew the church was somewhere in that wilderness. Uh, there was nothing, nowhere, no how, and all I had was a phone number, and uh, that was before the days of cell phones and all of those things. I had to make a phone call. It's the only time I've ever been in one of those places. I don't want to go in those places. Why? Because it can't avoid the appearance of evil. And we could apply this in so many different ways. Well, that's why I don't dress up in biker gear. You know, why? If, if I put on uh, all those things that the bikers wear and the big chain belt and leather jacket that said Harley Davidson on the front and got me one of them old German helmets, would it change who I am at all? No, but it would change the way you think about me. And so we've got to be careful. They weren't having a problem with these things in the church. But you know what? It doesn't take much to do it. It doesn't take much to slip just a little bit. And that's why Paul put this great big list of things together, because verse 23 sums it up. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. That means completely separate you and, and, and take your life and use it for His service. And I pray, God, that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wouldn't that be a great prayer? When, uh, if, I mean, that would be an incredible accomplishment for any human being. And Paul said, I'm praying that for the church. And uh, if you have any desire at all to end up there, well, then it would behoove you to study the list that comes before it. Amen? And when you find yourself out of line in one or two places, then know that you got a problem you need to get settled. Sometimes we want someone else to do right so we can do right. No. You do right first. You do right in spite of someone else doing wrong. And guess what? You'll be able to rejoice evermore. You'll be able to pray without ceasing You'll be able to give thanks in any situation for everything. You'll be able to prove that which is fast. You won't despise prophesyings. You won't be quenching the Spirit. You'll abstain from all appearance of evil. Guess what? You'll even be supporting the weak, comforting the feeble-minded. So many times, warning them that are unruly is simply not joining them in their unruly behavior. You walk into the break room at work and somebody's telling a dirty joke and everybody's laughing. You know what the simplest thing is to do? Is laugh along with them and walk out. Wrong. Now, at work, you have to be careful, but the Bible says, this is talking about in the church, warn them that are unruly. Sometimes the best warning is just being in your place without saying a word. 
You don't need to give body language. You don't need to uh, let people know that you're dissatisfied with them. Uh, My father did this. Family would come up to visit Sunday afternoon. And say, well, you want to come to church with us? No, we came up to see you. Well, it's it's time to go to church. We're we're headed to church. You know what? They stopped visiting on Sunday afternoon because it was time to go to church. And the Bible says that we will if, if we want to have the kind of church they had at Thessalonica, and I believe we do, we can just follow this list of things. And God will bless. And all God's people said, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would help us to think about these things and to look at this list. And certainly we didn't cover it in, in depth in any way, but yet, Lord, there's so much of these things that the depth is just in the living, not in the thinking and talking about. Lord, I pray that you would rebuke us where we need to be rebuked, and that you would confirm us where we need to be confirmed, and Lord, you would take us in the direction that we need to go, that these wonderful things that were talked about here, that we would be wholly sanctified and, Lord, wholly preserved, blameless until the day of Jesus Christ. We ask that that would be true of each person here today, that we would make the decisions necessary to follow in your will and in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. And before we finish the prayer tonight, just wait a minute on saying amen. If you need to just slip out and spend a few moments with the Lord, let's do